So we will be giving some guidance for meditation this morning. And um, I, I thought it might be helpful to um, do a little defining for you. This is something that when I was new to practice confused me. Uh, and, and so this, this many of you who've been in practice for a while will be very clear on this, but some of you may not be. And it took me a while to figure this out. I couldn't quite figure out, it, it seemed like the uh, definition of a good meditator was somebody who could follow the breath. And, and, and some, then I started wondering, well, well what's the point? I mean, what, why, does, why is that the point? Or is that the point? And so, um, this, uh, so, so sort of dividing out two terms of both concentration and mindfulness, I think, is sort of helpful. It's a little artificial because they really both, they both support one another. And so I think that'll become more clear as I um, go into them. So we can start with, with concentration. So concentration is uh, the uh, ability to um, focus on and maintain your, your focus on that which you deem important, whatever that is, whether it be the breath, whether it be the lower body walking when you're doing walking meditation, whether it be uh, the one of the four foundations of mindfulness, but it's fair, oftentimes fairly narrow, and it um, and it carries its own um, pleasant feeling. When one is concentrated, it feels good. I don't know if you've had even if it's short periods, but if you've had that experience of really being able to stay on the meditation object, even, it's, even if it's for five breaths or three breaths, there's something that, that's pleasant about it. And we know it from other activities as well. If you're really focused on something, time sort of, you, you lose awareness of time and you're absorbed. Now, concentration can be anything from just sort of a soothing of the mind or stabilizing or settling of the mind all the way to deep absorption. This is when people can stay on a narrow focus for a long time without wavering. And this leads to very deep states of absorption. They're called the jhanas. And, and lots of people cannot do that, or at least it takes a lot of work to be able to do that for most people. My experience is that uh, engineers seem to be particularly good at this. Um, but that doesn't mean that if you're an engineer that you will be able to. I'm not particularly good at that. I can do short, intense periods of focus, but I have a little bit of trouble holding for a really long time. So mindfulness. Um, so there's a few different ways to talk about mindfulness. Some people talk about it as just bare awareness, which just means that you sense something and you have sort of just this awareness of it without proliferating around it. But that's, to me, that's a little, little bit confusing. Um, an operational definition of mindfulness, which I like, is that it involves a skill set that we come to it with, with whatever 
level we come to it with and that we develop along the way. And it involves a skill of three, with, which has three parts. One is the ability to concentrate and hold your awareness on whatever comes up. The other is having sensory clarity. So that means that you, you understand when you're thinking that you're thinking. You understand when you're feeling a body sensation, you're feeling a body sensation. You know, or it's a better word to say know, that when you're hearing a sound, you're hearing a sound. So that's sensory clarity because that helps us differentiate between a sound and a reaction to the sound. And that's a really important differentiation to be able to make because then we're into second arrows when we have some sort of reaction. Either we love it or we hate it. It disturbs us. We wish it would go away. Or, wow, that's pleasant. Or neutral. Um, so, so sensory clarity along with concentration are important. Concentration means you, you can actually bring your awareness to whatever sensory event is occurring. And be with it. And then the last part of that operational definition of mindfulness is being able to bring equanimity to your experience, which means that we can open to it and not get uh, lost in pushing it away if we don't like it or grabbing onto it if we like it. So C, C, and E, concentration, clarity, and equanimity is a sort of a functional Definition. Another definition I've heard is um, is just moment to moment awareness of your sensory experience, and now reviewing what the sensory experiences are: their sights, sounds, smells, tastes, touches, uh, and thoughts and emotions. So I hope that's clear. And they intermix because when you're concentrating and your mind starts to wander and you pick it up, oh, I've been concentrating on my breath, but that sound took me away. So you have mindfulness, mindful awareness that a sound arose and then you were lost there and then you bring it back. That's using mindfulness to support concentration. And we already talked about how concentration supports mindfulness. So they are interwoven. So we have been using another frame of reference. We've been using the Satipatthana Sutta to uh, talk about the foundations of mindfulness. And, and so I don't think I have to go into these in great depth, but uh, we were um, starting with mindfulness of the body and we used mindfulness of breathing um, as the first sort of foundation of awareness. And even mindfulness of, uh, of, of breathing um, has great concentration uh, capabilities, potential. And it also is, there's a mindfulness aspect to it of the various aspects of breathing and the flow and paying very close attention with your concentration and being clear on the in-breath and the out-breath. So there's an interweaving there. In fact, some people... That's their whole practice. And it's said that one can become enlightened using mindfulness of breathing.
And then there were the, um, there's Vedana or Vedana, which is a mindfulness of these, these very um, closely associated feeling tones that accompany all sensory experience, including thoughts and emotions of being pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant or unpleasant, which we sometimes call neutral. So we worked with that. And then Jill talked about uh, yesterday about um, bringing awareness in. I think for, we'll, I'll define this awareness of the, the third foundation of awareness of thoughts and emotions because I think it'll be easier for the instructions that I'm about to give you about working with these. So there is a concept in, in, in Buddhism, of, or in, in any form of meditation, of narrow focus, broad focus. So we've been sort of narrowing because we've been staying with not only just mindfulness of the body, but mindfulness of breathing, which is within the mindfulness of body. So we're, we're really narrowing that down. We're taking a pretty narrow focus. And for some people that works really well. And and I'll say right now that that is, that is a sort of a grounding, foundational part of most people's practice. But then we can take a broader focus. And there are positives to this, and the broader focus would be to allow all three aspects of the foundations of mindfulness to arise and pass as they do and to bring our awareness to those as they arise and pass. And it's sometimes called choiceless, choiceless awareness. In Zen, it's called just sitting. In uh, Tibetan practices, uh, there's, there's a uh, Dzogchen. Um, so the, and they all have, they're all basically referring to the same thing, but they have different ways in and there's different subtle different, uh, changes in how one approaches this endeavor. So the instructions for today and um, to the best of your ability will be to bring awareness to the body as a body event happens and bring your awareness to any, if you can catch them, the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral feeling tones that arise with any sensory event, and to bring awareness to thoughts and emotions as they arise. This is challenging because it's very easy to get lost when you open up the um, content of what you're going to be bringing and allowing into your awareness. And so at any time, if it gets to be overwhelming or you're just, you're kind of just lost in thoughts or feelings or body sensations and you're proliferating, just come back to the breath. That's our anchor. Think of that as just your anchor. So you can always come back to that.
So I find a few um, metaphors helpful in, in how we work with this. One is, and you may well have heard both of these, but uh, one of these is kind of like clouds passing in the sky. We live up in the Santa Cruz Mountains and there's oftentimes a north to south flow. And you know, you look out at the generally blue sky and the, and the clouds kind of arise and they pass. And so this is, this is the metaphor for how we ideally will connect with the contact of thoughts and emotions, physical sensations, um, pleasant and unpleasant feelings that arise. Allowing them to arise and being aware of them and allowing them to pass. Easier said than done. Um, because we cling, right? I mean, you know, something comes up, a difficult body sensation, and before you know it, we're kind of fixated on it, identified with it. Oh my, it's my knee, my knee again. And oh, this happens all the time. And God, I wish I could get comfortable so I could really be a good meditator. And so, you know, this is just what we do, what minds do, what the untrained mind does. And let's face it, most of us didn't have this kind of training when we were young. It would have been wonderful if we did. But uh, we have habits of mind that um, are long established. And so we don't let those go easily. It's, it's challenging. But to the best of one's ability to allow the body sensation and bring your, you know, your awareness on it, hold it on it, notice it, and be surprised how often they will change, start to flow, start to become a little less solid, and pass. So another analogy would be, um, and I like kind of like this one, is it's as though you were in uh, a train station. And um, you're not in some distant tower uh, looking at what's going on, but you're right on the platform. You're right there. And um, there is a, a train that arises, comes into the station, pulls in, stops, unloads, loads, and pulls out of the station. And you're able to notice that, to be with that, and to allow that to be. And the next train does the same thing. It comes and arrives and stops and loads and unloads, loads, unloads and loads and takes off. And then the third one comes and it stops and it unloads and it loads and you get on the train and you're gone. So when you, we get on the train of proliferation, then we're no longer really present. And so one of the inmates, when we were talking about how was that meditation for you, he said, well, I got, off, got on the train, but at least I got off at the next station. And so I thought that was good. I mean, you know, we, like Jill says, it's never too late, right?
you know, once we are aware that we got on the train, well, we get off at the next station and regroup. And, and if we can still open to everything, great. If it's just too confusing, you're new to this, it's overwhelming, you don't like it, it's okay to check it out a few times. And you always have the option of coming back to the body. If the breath works for you, that's great. If just body sensation works for you, that's okay too. So one other thing that I wanted to uh, say that can be an experience that we have when we open in this way, going back to the analogy of the sky with clouds moving through, is that sometimes it's a cloudless sky. Hmm. One of my teachers likes to call this that the tug of the senses is no longer there. It has something to do with my talk last night when I talked about sort of being in the zone. You know, it may or may not happen and you can't make it happen and you can't prolong it if it does happen, but it might happen. In which case, just um, be with it for as long as it lasts. So once again, the instructions then will be to open to your experience in the form of body sensations, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, thoughts and emotions. So when we talk about the body, sounds are, you know, we, we perceive sounds through our organ that's part of the body and sights if your eyes are open, smells and tastes, and of course, physical sensations. So allowing them to arise and pass. And if you notice that you've gotten on the train get off at the next station. That's a moment of complete awareness, as Bob said. Once you realize you're lost, you're not lost. You're present. So let's work with this. Remembering that you can always come back to mindfulness of breathing as your anchor.
So two things that might be helpful. You might have noticed that perhaps there are some sensory phenomena that don't seem to pass. Kind of a traffic din outside. So it's perfectly fine to hold your awareness on that if that grips you. Just noticing when hearing, there's just the hearing. And if it turns into some form of not liking or loving it, and you're spinning off into some sort of identification with it, then it's time to just regroup and let go. And one word about letting go, or a couple of words, it's important to pay attention to how one lets go. And I like to think of it as just softly, gently releasing the grip. Just like a hand that slowly releases the grip on a pencil and lets it drop. It doesn't throw it away and get rid of it. You might want that pencil again sometime. So just with kindness and ease and gentleness, no judgment, just release the grip. 